Good morning. I'm saying morning, Carl, because well, because this yes, will be later. when we're recording this, it is morning. But for those listening in the afternoon or evening, no offense. <laughs> well, Carl, you're all in blue, so I assume you're doing something to keep the Blues winning streak alive. Uh, yes. We play the same team twice in a row on Saturday and Monday. We play the Anaheim Ducks, which is great because they are the worst team in the league. So hopefully uh, our winning streak can continue. Uh-huh. We'll talk to our guest, Jennifer Phoebe Quinn, about her one-woman show at Westport Playhouse coming up next. Then around minute 24, A Christmas Story Christmas. Around minute 31, Disenchanted. Around minute 40, Pinocchio by Guillermo del Toro. Then around minute 48, she said around minute 56, Bardo. And then at one hour, we'll talk about the Muni's 105th season. Well, today we are switching to holiday mode because we have the Thanksgiving holiday this week, which is always so fun. But then we're going right into the holidays and the Christmas movies are already all over the streaming services. So why not a Christmas play? So we have two-time St. Louis Theater Circle Award winner, Jennifer Thebe Quinn with us this morning. Hello. Hello. Good to be here. It's good to see you. And the last time I saw you, you you had a one-woman show that was very different. It was very <laughs> dramatic. Yes. I don't think and it yeah. could be more different from this one woman <laughs> show. <laughs> I know. And you had to have an accent too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it, was it Welsh? It was Welsh. Yep. Yep. It was a challenge, but I love yeah. dialect work. So yeah. For, for, oh man. Talk about drama, Carl. I like Cardiff. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So now she is going to be a one woman show 90 minutes at Westport Playhouse. And it's about dating. Yes. So tell us about your show. Yes. Uh, so the show is called The 12 Dates of Christmas, a riff on obviously the 12 days of Christmas. Um, and it is a year long cycle story of uh, a young woman who lives in New York, um, who gets broken up with on Thanksgiving Day. And then you kind of follow her through a year of um, shitty holidays and terrible dates and um, kind of all of the all of the drama and silliness and surprises that come along with um, being an adult in the dating world. Uh-huh. Well, so this is less of a Hallmark movie and more of a comedy show. Yeah. Okay. So it's, that's a great, uh, that's a great way to describe it. It's a little bit of both. Um, so the way that it kind of feels to me is though, uh, it's, it's almost like part stand up and part Hallmark movie. And it, the two things get combined together. So if you're someone who wants to be drinking a G and T and laughing at a silly story, this is definitely for you. If you are someone who, um, loves to wear your cozy red Hallmark sweater and watch, you know, the next person fall in love uh, it with snowflakes and probably a 
a bakery and maybe some royalty or something. <laughs> um, this is also for you. I don't become royal. I will I will warn you. Um, but there's a lot of the the hallmark feel to it too. Um, it does end up being fun, funny, outrageous, and heartwarming, kind of all all in the same martini glass. Wow. So it doesn't have you go back to your hometown and meet your former high school <laughs> sweetheart and look at him and with new eyes. Oh, I never saw you <laughs> like this before. <laughs> Why didn't you ever tell me you loved me? I did. <laughs> so great. And like, you know, with lots of plaid or something like that. Um, it, it She does go back to her hometown. Um, that's actually where the play begins is she is in her hometown and uh but then the rest of the the show happens in uh in the city well with dating holidays are always like the worst time you know and <laughs> it's also like if the if you're meeting people for the f families for the first time at thanksgiving mm. or christmas or oh god remember those days yeah no. i i, I I prefer to put those in the rearview mirror. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, now you're you're happily married and congratulations on your little boy. Thank you so much. He's pretty amazing. <laughs> That's great. How old is he now? He is uh four, he'll be 4 months old tomorrow. So, yeah. How exciting. Baby. Baby's first yes. holidays then. Here we come. Yeah, you get to do all the firsts. Yes. Yep. So Car Carl is picking up his daughter from college. So uh, it goes fast, right, Carl? Yes, very. But but, <laughs> we, but we have all the ornaments. First, the, the holiday Christmas ornaments that'll go in the tree. Baby's first Christmas. And we we did her picture every month for the first year, maybe two years. But the child is well-documented. <laughs> Yes, my brother, uh, my older brother likes to call me Mama Razzi. Uh, so I'm always like taking pictures of him like like I'm a paparazzi. It's pretty great. Oh, well, yeah, Jennifer. Yes. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead no, 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 no. no. I, Carl, go ahead. I'm, I was just going to ask, since you are a, you know, award winning theater person from the area, mm -hmm. what is different about doing a 90 minute one person show than dealing with actors <laughs> um well there are positives and negatives obviously um you know one of the things that is a great challenge about doing a one-hander is that it is it is literally you um you know if i'm not if i'm not putting the work in then the show will not happen um so it's a marathon not a sprint definitely um and uh, I have to, I have, and I learned this with Iphigenia at Upstream that I just have to be self-reliant in, um, I'm not, I'm not going to get energy from a scene partner. I may or may not get energy from the audience. And I, I just have to, you know, store up the batteries and, and, you know, pow power up the batteries enough that. I can do 90 minutes full tilt um, without having to rely on on kind of that give and take that it that you get when you're on stage with a bunch of other people. Um, so so you know it is a stamina question and a self-reliance and a kind of 
you have to be disciplined enough to to get your act together early so that um so that you know if you are the script then there's a lot of homework involved um that said um i i find it really fascinating and um it's interesting to be able to try and um dig into all of the different characters uh, i'm not limited to one um, I play the main character as the narrator. Her name is Mary, but then I also play all of the other guys that she dates, plus her mother, her sister, her sister's boyfriend, uh, her uh, ex-fiance, um, her aunt, uh, all of these other characters. And uh, I play a, a little five-year-old toward the end. Uh, so there are challenges to that, but the, it's also fun to get to explore all of these different, uh, all of these different characters, how they move, how they talk, what they want, um, and then the challenge of piecing things together so that it's a seamless transition between character. Um, oh, that's so exciting! You, yeah. So you have multiple characters now, uh, with it being so you're playing off of yourself. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. So with a uh, Westport has an intimate theater, and so is this. Uh, one where the audiences can really get into it as well? There are definitely places where I'm hoping that the audience will respond to me uh, in the way that only a Westport audience does. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's, uh, you know, at the top of the show, we're thinking about doing a, a ugly Christmas sweater contest right at the very beginning. Um, winner gets a free drink, that kind of thing. Um, there are some moments where I ask the audience what what I should do, and I'm hoping that the audience will feel uh, on the train enough with me to respond and give me what they thought. <laughs> um, but you know, you never know. <laughs> no, uh, well, that that'll be fun because uh, Carl loves the Westport. I do. The fact that you can eat and drink—I mean, not huh. eat in the in the theater, but you have those social options before and after the theater. So it makes an, an event. And uh, that's also part of it, as you said. Well, the last time we were going to talk to you was when you were in the Irish funeral play. Yes. <laughs> Flanagan's Wake. That was the last time I was here. That's, and, I, that's, that's the last time I was there also. Yeah. And the pandemic shut her down. Sure did. So, sure Carl. Did. Yes. Did you well, see it? I did. I did say it. I was that I was there. I was drinking with everyone on stage. There we go. As you should. <laughs> That's right. Because it, it was an Irish wake. Irish wake. What else are you supposed to do? Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you were saying you were saying about how since you're by yourself, you don't have a scene partner to play off. But the audience technically is your scene partner, <laughs> but they don't know if you get lost. They don't know if you're going in order. But you don't know if they're going to some each audience is different, of course. Yes. So you might get a huge laugh one night and mm -hmm. you, so and you have to pause for the laugh lines. And mm -hmm. then the next mm -hmm. night they're laughing at other things, mm -hmm. not necessarily something that you thought was going to get a big laugh. And then something else that you're like, oh, that bombed the other night. And it's huge because each audience is different. Yep. Does that affect your performance at all? Well, sure. I mean, the energy is always a give and take, right? Um, and uh, that's 
that's sort of part and parcel of being a live performer is being able to read a room and um, kind of assess pretty quickly where the audience is. Um, and, and then you sort of hope that you get a clue about what type of audience you're dealing with in the first couple of minutes so that um, not that you're going to play one joke differently one night versus the other, but it kind of gives you a sense of like, oh, I think they're going to like this part or eh, this, this house, they are not going to get that joke. So <laughs> we're just, just going to keep going, you know, and that can, that can be a generational thing. That can be a cultural thing. Um, so it's mostly about like feeling it out. It's like being on a first date <laughs> or 12 of them. You're, you're watching the person you're talking to and you're asking for God be praised. Right. Like, uh, let's hope we have 200 people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's it's like being on a first date and you have to, you know, ask good questions and listen and respond in kind. <laughs> a lot has changed in the dating world. So does your character address all the is it a contemporary show? Yeah, yeah. So uh Jenna Hoban, who wrote the show, I believe she wrote it sometime around like it feels about 10 years old. Um, there are a couple of script adjustments that we've made. Um, she makes some some she makes some jokes about hailing a cab and um, and those have been shifted to like getting an Uber, um, that kind of thing. Um, you know, Mary meets one of the guys she dates because someone leaves a cell phone behind on the subway. You know, twenty years ago, she would never have met that person. She would have met she would have had to have met him in a different I think. The, you know, the, the main story of, of her dates is like, you know, once you get off a dating app and you go on an actual date, dating is pretty similar. You know, you sit across the table with someone, generally you eat something and then you, you try and talk. <laughs> You're going to be there for a month. Yeah. So, uh, so like you said, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So what is that like being committed to that many performances? Oh, I mean, it's awesome. It's wonderful to have uh, a to have a company that is dedicated to providing work to people in this region, um, uh, to have a company that is hiring equity contracts for people in this region. Um, you know, work is still a little thin on the ground for, for us. We're all still kind of rebounding from the pandemic and um so I'm, I'm so excited. I am so pleased that um, that Lenny and I have kind of breathed some life into the playhouse. This is a place that has been very good to me in the past. And I was sort of artistic future here. And so when they called me about this, I was like, we're back. Yay. That makes me really, really <laughs> happy. Um, so I'm super, I'm super thrilled that, that they have uh, taken up the cause and they're kind of reinventing things over here. Um, but, uh, you know, playing a show for a long run, you really get to know the show inside and out in a way that you, you don't when you're only doing, you know, 10 performances or 12 performances or whatever. Um, you kind of only get so many shots, right? But this one, I'm like, well, it, it's sort of, uh, it, it's a different kind of a roller coaster because 
like uh, like you said, you never know who's going to be in the audience from one night to the next. You might have a Saturday night where everyone has was over at Drunken Fish drinking yeah. sake, and then they come over and they're rocking and rolling and ready for a party. Um, and then you know you might have a Wednesday night when people have they're midway through the work week, their brains aren't all way turned on to something funny, and you maybe have to punch a laugh in a different way so that they wake up and then they're like, Oh, this is funny. I'm having a good time. <laughs> um, you know, um, it's nice. It's good. You get to know, you get to know a, a character and a story in a, in a totally different way. And, uh, I've always liked run. So it is, uh, both, uh, you have evening performances and there's some matinees so people can pick and they have group sales. They have special, if you bring 10 people, you can get a group deal and uh, you can go to, what is the website to go to for tickets? I don't know. Well, well, Carl, you know, because <laughs> we always want to make sure this is right. Because if you just do, you can get like Connecticut if you put it in wrong. So Carl, what's the website? I believe it's Westport Play. I believe that is correct. Because else, because I've done that before, I get Connecticut, and because uh, there is a Westport, <laughs> Connecticut, and you don't want to be getting your tickets for Connecticut. I will uh, not be in Connecticut. No, and 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 also, you start the day after Thanksgiving, correct? That's November twenty right. fifth, and right. then you run through my birthday, December twenty third. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thanks. Um, it's uh, you know, one of those birthdays, but. That is a Friday. So you're going Friday to Friday. There's right. plenty of opportunities. You're dark on Mondays. Yes. And uh, let the celebration begin because people should be in a festive mood this year. Finally, this is the third winter of the pandemic. Of our discontent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so hopefully... People will uh, be ready to celebrate. And uh, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to laughs. It'll be fun because yeah. as you know, we've had some very serious uh, theater productions this year. Mm -hmm. Yes. And we're at uh, Carl and, and you I. Need, are, you need some laughs. Yeah. Carl and wow. I are in the midst of film award season, which mm -hmm. is all really uh mostly super heavy stuff yeah which huh. right right and you know you want to acknowledge people are responding to a a situation that you know lots of people are in 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 bad straits right now but i think it that's that's the time when we need something that's bright and light and with levity and you know grab a grab a gin and tonic and come and join me it's gonna be a good time and get West your friends play Yes, get your friends that always say, "Oh, we need to get together." Yes, yeah. I always set a date. I always yeah. say this is the perfect show for cousins. This is the perfect show for college friends who are back in town together. This is the perfect show for your uh, your ladies book club. Just come grab a grab a glass of wine and come and see the show together. It's a hoot. It's ninety minutes. Well, Westportplay.com and you there you are with a lampshade on your head. There I am. <laughs> uh, it's fitting. We've all been to that holiday party. <laughs> yes, yes. And I have enjoyed your work through the years. And uh, not only is she 
an award winner, Carl, but she is a frequent nominee and a vast a variety of work, comedy and drama and musicals. It's right. an honor to be nominated, but it feels really good when you win. That is all true. Especially the two-time club, because there's <laughs> not that many. And uh, I just want to say, because Carl is a graduate of St. Louis University, you are too, aren't you? Yes, I am. I am a fellow Billiken. Very Yay, good. Billiken. Yay, A10. Yeah. <laughs> sports. That's sports, everybody. I was going to say, I missed that. I, it must be a sports reference. <laughs> I don't know. See, I did, I, I did one play when I was at my college career before I moved into radio. I did As You Like It. Uh, and it was. A very fun experience. I did Shakespeare. <laughs> and that was my last one. And because then I moved I moved into radio after that. So that was Shakespeare got me out of doing live theater. Because it's Shakespeare. And it even though it was a comedy, I said, nah, I'm gonna move into radio. They don't have to see me. Well, it's such it's so fun talking to you. Now I'm 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 ready to get in the festive mood. Are you, Carl? I am ready. All right, wear your ugly sweater. Bring your reindeer antler headband. <laughs> and there's got to be for those who prefer a warm beverage like coffees and hot chocolate. There are places to get those too. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Well, we will see you there and. My wife said, we're going to this, aren't we? And I said, yes, we are going. Very we good. will be there. I can't wait to see you. <laughs> we'll be there. I will, I'll be the one that trying to share a drink with you from the stage. Great. Great. It's 90 minutes. I got to wet my whistle sometime. <laughs> That's really hard. I mean, to that is stamina. Yeah. <laughs> it's vocal. It's vocal technique for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Well, sure. uh, break a leg and uh, it's soon. It's it's a week away. Yep, yes. one week. Crazy. And West, if you haven't been to Westport lately, they are having all sorts of plans. They're opening new restaurants. They're having new things. The theater. Has Rawlings. Rawlings is moving there. That's true. Yes. And they're going to have a uh, like a Hall of Fame kind of thing. But also uh, Westport Playhouse itself has uh, done a renovation and yeah. uh you, you if you haven't been there for a while go and enjoy couldn't have said it better myself here here <laughs> you did that you that's what we just have been doing for the last 20 minutes we're making everyone go making <laughs> them go perfect all right uh, thank you jennifer we'll see you there westportplay.com the 12 days of christmas the 12 dates of Christmas. I need to pick up advice. So <laughs> I, I cannot help you. Sorry. <laughs> you old married people. <laughs> Bye, Leanne. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for the Bye. chat. Well, we have uh, we have seen a lot of movies, but I saw the holiday movie, A Christmas Story Christmas. Okay. So first of all, The Christmas Story Christmas. This is the... This is kind of like the Terminator series because you have a Christmas story, which everyone has watched on TBS or TNT every Christmas because they do the 24 hours of a Christmas story. 
There is a sequel based on the book by Gene Shepard, who was the narrator in the film based on his book. The sequel is called A Summer Story. And then they did another one called A Christmas Story 2. A Christmas Story Christmas forgets that those other two things happened. Yes, so they it, do. It's just like it's just like the Terminator. Okay, it takes place after Terminator 2. There are many timelines going on. But this is the is this the first one with Peter Billingsley? Yes. Peter Billingsley returns as Ralphie Parker, only now he's Ralph. And he lives in Chicago with his wife and two children. And the old Aaron man. Hayes. I love Aaron Hayes. Uh, she's quite good. I thought it's on HBO Max streaming. And I uh, saw that TV Guide gave it a thumbs up. So I thought, okay, how many times have I seen the original? So I went in not expecting much. And it is what you expect. There's the cheesy moments, but also there's a lot of heart because, and this is not a spoiler alert. This is what the plot is based on. The old man dies. Yes. So they have to go back to Indiana. And the mom is now played by the wonderful comedic actress, Julie Haggerty. Yes, from Airplane. Yes. Play Airplane 2, the sequel. And uh, they go back and uh, they go back to uh, Indiana and Indiana. Of Indiana. And of course, it's the same house. Which they had to recreate. They shot it in like Belarus, which is weird. They Because the house, the original house in Indiana is for sale now. You can buy it. That's but right. They didn't, they didn't shoot it in the United States. I think they shot it in Honestly, Belarus. Well, this is a combo nostalgia. Uh, funny. It's set in 1973. Because the first one was set in the 50s. Right. So that's why Ralphie has two young children, Mark and Julie. And he and his wife, they have the, the uh, apartment in Chicago that's got all the avocado green and harvest gold and tangerine colors to make you realize it's 1973 and there's a calendar. And then they go back home and he, of course, runs into all the high school or all the grade school friends uh, now grown up. Flick runs yeah. a tavern. Scott, Far Scott Farkas returns. I'm not going to spoil that because that's pretty funny. And uh, some of the other barflies. <laughs> are are now adults so okay wackiness ensues because of uh you know things happen all sorts of of uh it, it's not remembering the first one the dog eats the turkey yeah well this is way more than that okay way more but they have the department store santa oh yeah because he wants to take the kids to where he got to see Santa. Right. And they have, which is nice. And then he's in the attic and he's going through boxes and there's the, the rabbit slipper pink pajamas. Oh. So there's lots of nods to the first one. And this is not only Peter Billingsley, but it is produced by him. He's a, he's been producing 
25 movies in his career. So even though you didn't see him on screen that much after A Christmas Story, he has been working as a producer, as a director, and he is best buds with Vince Vaughn. Wow. All people. And Vince Vaughn is the co-producer of this. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's an amiable, it's a pleasant enough watch. It's it's just what you expect. But it I was surprised at the the heart of it with the whole family, with the mom and the dad and the Midwest things, like all the casseroles that come in after somebody dies and they're all eating these casseroles. <laughs> that becomes, you know, everybody's customs, old customs, new customs. Uh, it's just interesting to see. Uh, I think they, they made a lot of effort in trying to keep it as authentic as possible. Huh. I, I, I was wrong. It wasn't uh, Belarus. They filmed it in Bulgaria. I got my B countries mixed up. So it was filmed in Hungary and Bulgaria. Uh, I don't know why it was filmed over. Does it look like it was filmed there or does it look like it's filmed in Indiana? Well, it's snowy. <laughs> so it could have maybe, been maybe anywhere. they needed a place that there was a lot of snow. Yeah. It looks like 1970s small town which could be Bella uh Bel Bulgaria. So right. You know, I loved Zach Ward on Titus, the Christopher Titus show that was on Fox. He played his brother, Dave. And I, you know, you don't think that that's the same guy. But, you know, of all of the actors, Zach Ward has probably worked more than any of them. Yeah. And the kids are pretty cute, too. And, and I uh, like Aaron. I like Aaron Hayes because she was on uh, Children's Hospital and Adult Swim. And then she was on Medical Police, too, which was a spinoff of that. So I, I like that. And then, of course, she was the reason that they made uh, Kevin can go f himself, because she was, um, on the Kevin can wait series until they killed her off. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that whole story. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, well, I I like Aaron, I like Aaron Hayes. Well, this is a streaming. I have yet to get to all the other ones. The Christmas with you. The uh, with. Freddie Prinze, the Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan's return. And that's uh, on Netflix. Right. And I have not even gotten to uh, the other things, but I did get to many of our serious awards contenders. And I want to obviously. Well, well let, hold on. Have you gotten to Weird Al yet? No, because I watched a Christmas oh, story Christmas instead. I know. All right. I know. All right. Fine. Let's get serious. Let's talk about. Uh, well, no, let's not get. Let's stay lighthearted. Did you watch Disenchanted? I did. All right. Let's stay lighthearted for just one more little second. I thought that this was coming out next Wednesday and was going to talk about it then, but it came out today. I don't know why it wouldn't come out next Wednesday. Yeah. Well, uh, in 2007, it came out right before Thanksgiving, and it was delightful because it uh, Patrick Dempsey was fresh off of being McDreamy on uh, Grey's Anatomy, and Amy Adams had a Oscar nomination for Junebug, 
right. as a supporting character, but this was her breakout role. And it was so fun because Disney was affectionately parodying their Disney princess movies. And so you had live action and you had animation animation and it was their first hybrid since the masterpiece of 1988 who framed roger rabbit so this was fun because she is pushed through a portal uh by susan sarandon uh and she was supposed to marry prince edward who's james marsden the original cast is back in disenchanted and susan sarandon back i don't know no no but she gets pushed and then she meets and falls in love with patrick dempsey's cynical divorce attorney and uh giselle is endlessly cheerful and she sings to the forest creatures and uh she's just so cheery and idealistic and so that is in itself a very fun plot. So what do you do 15 years later? There was two sequel ideas that were shelved in 2011, 2014. So the, uh, the core four are back. Patrick Dempsey, Amy Adams, Idina Menzel, who is there to sing another power ballad uh, called love power, which is out today. And then uh, who, uh, James Marsden. And then we have as the villain this time, Malvina is played by Maya Rudolph. So Giselle has grown disillusioned by the city life and they have a little baby, Sophia. So they move to a sleepy suburb called Monroeville. And there's a whole new set of rules and there's the queen bee, Malvina. And so Giselle's having a hard time fitting in. Her stepdaughter, Morgan, played by Gabriella Baldacino, is also having a hard time fitting in. Oh, surprise. You know, these, these are not surprising plot twists. And so she wants to invoke a magic spell, the Andalusia spell. But what she does, what Giselle does, is actually a curse. So things go haywire like they do in fairy tales. All the bad stuff happens. And they have to save not only Andalusia, but also Monroeville. And that is the plot. The plot is they're married 10 years. They got to deal with a new baby, a fixer-upper house, trying to, trying to fit into a community. And then this epic battle between good and evil. Did you see that, that TV movie, uh, the, the school for good and evil. Did you watch that? Uh, I don't breathe. I don't think I it did. was Netflix. It was a uh, Charlize Theron and Carrie Washington. And it's directed by Paul Fig. Maybe that if, you if, would if remember, I did, I, I don't think so. You would remember it because it's overstuffed. It's just <laughs> so much CGI so much of that where it just becomes generic. I find I'm lukewarm, even though I, I like all these people, I'm just lukewarm about the story. The songs are by Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz. 
who were three of them were nominated for Academy Awards, which was dumb of Disney to do, because if only one of them would have been nominated, that's how, you know, would have been my favorite. It would have won. But instead of having three songs nominated from the same movie, it split the vote. Yeah, but once uh, a falling slowly from once one, which is a good song. So, yeah, but that's how, you know, is a fantastic musical number in that in in the context of that. And so close is a good song. A happy working song is a very funny song, but that's how, you know, should have won for best song that year. It is a good song. So the soundtrack drops today. It's got like 14 uh entries in the what you can download including a alan menken three song suite so it's not just songs but the big song is going to be love power the end credits version because idina menzel sings it three times okay i don't remember idina menzel singing in the first one i thought i just thought it was all amy adams and then the James Marsden song that he keeps trying to sing, and then, you know, yeah, well, he's very finish. He's very funny in this. I don't remember much about the second, the first one, except I enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. We were not in the film critics group then, Carl, because we didn't join till, or we weren't accepted till the next year. But the year before us, they named it the best. Uh, family film uh innovative whatever they gave it a creative award they had some creative award that they gave it and the critics choice association gave it best family film so it's much beloved as a property yes and uh it was just so clever because let's face it those princess movies can get a tad gooey but i think in the past 15 years we have this plethora of royals in Disney yes. on stage and screen. And we have all these very creative animation techniques now. And so it just feels like it's just, okay, here we go. You know, it's not special like the first one was. Oh, okay. Not bad. I am going to watch it this weekend because my wife has been looking forward to it. And I, I loved the first one, so I'm looking forward to it. And Patrick Dempsey sings in this. He didn't sing what? in the yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All so right. um and uh the the supporting characters are interesting because Broadway veterans Anne Herda and uh James Monroe Iglehart, who won a Tony for playing Aladdin. All right. And Anne Herda, she's at the Muni a lot, but she was just in Into the Woods on Broadway, which I saw. They're the commuters on the train with Patrick Dempsey. And then uh, Jama Mays, who played Emma on Glee. And, and she, she was also in the first Muppet reboot. And then uh, Yvette Nicole Brown from Community. Yes. She's Jama be in the movie. And Yvette are the fellow mean moms with uh, Maya Rudolph. Oh, Okay. Is so, Pip the chipmunk in it again? They're squirrels. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, all right. So let's stick with Oh, Disney. Alan Tudyk has a voice. Oh, okay. Let's stick with Disney, but not Disney. 
Guillermo del Toro has done Pinocchio, even though Disney just did a live action Tom Hanks Geppetto Pinocchio, what, a month and a half ago? Yes, this is worlds apart, let me tell you. Because Pinocchio, you said, was not good. No, the Tom Hanks version, and I shouldn't really use Tom Hanks, it's not his problem. The live action reboot that Disney did of their 1940 animation classic. Classic, classic. The first movie I ever saw in a theater. Uh, Not in 1940, though. No, but in 1962, my grandparents took me to the Fox Theater to see it. Oh, wow. That was when the Fox showed movies. That's why they were there. All right. So what's different about this Guillermo del Toro version? It is stop uh, stop motion animation. It's a masterpiece in terms of technique and artistry. So just visually wonderful. And it's a musical too. Just like and, just like the 1940 Disney. Yeah. Ciao Papa might be a, a song contender. Uh it has a lot of uh more closely follows the dark theme of the original book and Guillermo del Toro being the the creative genius he is sets it with the backdrop of Benito Mussolini's fascist Italy okay which sounds strange but I actually thought it worked and added depth to the story added more stakes to the story the voice cast is fabulous ewan mcgregor is sebastian j cricket (laughs) and he's the narrator and we know that ewan can sing because he was uh lumiere in beauty and the beast and And... moulin rouge right so he sings and then christoph waltz is one of the evil dudes and he's perfect because he's just perfect as the slimy guy. And then we have Kate Blanchett as a monkey. Okay. Geppetto is um, David Bradley from the Harry Potter films and Ricky Gervais's Afterlife. He played Ricky's father in that Netflix series, but he's Filch in the Harry Potter films. Okay. David Bradley. Okay. He's, uh, he's marvelous. Okay. So it starts off with loss and grief. And there's grown-up emotions. So I definitely don't think this is for the little ones. Okay. But it doesn't shy away from uh, life. Life. Just life lessons and life what we go through. But it has this whimsy to it that is enchanting. Well, I believe in the original story doesn't pinocchio die i i don't know about the original story but uh this one he is just delightful as the wooden carving um the nose when it grows it sprouts branches and leaves and Mm -hmm. it's just fun and everything is just so dazzling about 
the look of the film. The guy that did the stop animation motion on Wes Anderson's The Fantastic Mr. Fox co-directed with Guillermo del Toro. Well, and and also it's uh, there's Jim Henson Company, too. Right. So I, I just I just found it inspired and uh, just a, a, a mask, a near I would say a near masterpiece. Now, some people are quibbling about the darkness, about the Nazis, and, you know, yeah. but I I thought it, it worked and uh, not everybody does, but it is getting universal acclaim. It's on and, it's on it's in theaters right now, but it's going to be on Netflix in a couple in a week or two. Uh, December 9th. It starts okay. streaming on Netflix December 9th. And right now it's in. I do think the big screen helps it. Oh, the music is is fabulous. Alexander Desplat's score. I would think that uh, this would be a leading contender for animation feature. Now, the in since they've had this award. And Shrek was the first winner. Only two movies have not been Disney. Our Spir- Spirited Away was one of them. Happy Feet. And Happy Feet. Wow. I guess I guess it was uh, Cars year that year. Yeah, they beat Cars. Happy Feet beat Cars. And Spirited Away was later so i don't know if there i think that might have been an off disney year yeah um, of the years that disney's nominated only two have have uh uh only two what's the disney one that got beat there's another one besides happy feet well it's uh i i want to say it's spirited away i know because spirited away was the year that there was no disney okay okay so Oh, it's later. It's it's in the tens. I'm trying to think. Oh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. Fantastic film. Yeah, I knew it was like a super special, uh, innovative work, but I couldn't quite place it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. So, uh, so Happy Feet beat Cars. Yes. Uh, Spirited Away beat Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Planet. Oh, Shrek okay. beat Monsters Inc. So, and uh, Spider Verse beat into the Spider Verse beat um, Isle of Dogs. Incredibles two, and yeah. Ralph Ralph breaks the internet. Right, and um, Isle of Dogs. Right, I loved Isle of Dogs. So do I. I. In my in my. Uh, I I had my top 10 of that year. I had Isle of Dogs above Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but for the voting, I voted for Spider-Man. Yeah, I had a hard time. I think I still voted for Isle of Dogs because I knew Spider-Man was going to win. I, I both, I both love them, but Isle of Dogs, um, that screening was a day screening at High Point, and that was the day that Tim uh, got uh, had his... Uh, what was what was what used to be before FaceTime? What was the thing? Skype. Skype. Yeah. He was a finalist to get into the film school at DePaul and he had a Skype interview. 
And uh, that's why we were running late because we got there and you said, you're late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Our so Lynn, yeah. let's, let's get serious now. And uh, you have a fondness for films about journalism. Oh yes. Cause you and, were a journalist and you right. still are. Well, I still am, but I don't work in a new, I mean, I do a couple news stories, but I am not full-time news reporter anymore or an editor. I was once managing editor of two uh, chains of community newspapers. So uh, I know that world. I helped uh, break the stories of the pedophile priest back in 1993 for the Centralia Sentinel. I I, I broke news that nobody else had and then people had to catch up. So I'm most proud of that, that I will go to my grave. So this reminds me so much of Spotlight and also the granddaddy, all the president's men. But it is about, it's it's a historical record, I want to say, of recent history. It is the two New York Times reporters, Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor, played by Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan, who... And started investigating systemic sexual assault in Hollywood, specifically Harvey Weinstein. Yes. They uh, started talking to sources who did, who were perfectly fine. Talk, well, they had to come around to talking to them, but nobody would go on record till Ashley Judd gave her yes i will this is they won pulitzer prizes they um also uh so did ronan farrell because he was doing his new yorker stuff same time they were doing it it shows the uh dogged determination the legwork the pounding the pavement that journalists have to do the integrity they had as women and as journalists and the integrity of the staff andre brower plays executive editor Dean Paquette wonderfully so good and Patricia Clarkson is the special uh division whatever because it was a, a long investigation for the two reporters so they weren't like in the newsroom working it was a special thing and Patricia Clarkson's wonderful as the editor, Rebecca Corbett. Now, because this is public record and this is based on their book, she said, and this all started in 2017. The book came out in 2019 and now it is a movie, but it's a narrative. So not a documentary. It's a no. narrative story. What they've done is they have Weinstein's in it Weinstein in it but it's a actor called Mike Houston and he's primarily showed from the back and from sitting at a table and his voice and then we have it starts off with Donald Trump after the Access Hollywood yes kerfuffle. yes and uh Megan Toohey was on that and well they they also have uh James Austin Johnson from Saturday Night Live doing yeah. Donald Trump's voice. Yeah, he calls up and, you know, basically yells at him and threatens him and everything. And it's him. I wondered when I was listening to it if it was him. But yeah. Yes. And then they have uh, Rose McGowan, 
uh, through an, a, a voice actress. Okay. She is but Ashley, Ashley Judd's actually in the movie. Ashley Judd plays herself. Samantha Morton and Jennifer Ailey. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. A-H-L-E. They both play past Weinstein employees in the UK. And this is about... It's, it's Ely. Ely. This mm -hmm. is about people who were not just actresses, but production assistants and employees of Miramax and the Weinstein Company and how terrified they were and how they had to sign NDAs and how they were paid off. And it goes through the whole three decades of sexual misconduct. And currently... Harvey is serving 23 years in prison and he is on trial in another rape case. And he basically, they brought down Him. His, 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 and his Miramax producing empire, but also it was a reckoning for Hollywood. Me too. Well, me too was going on at the same time that that was, Di Me too was different than the Harvey Weinstein stuff, but it it but it helped. And after that story broke, the New York Times story and what Ronan Farrow did, more than eighty women came forward after that. Which so is this why is, he's in prison right now. Right. So this is just the the buildup. It just is the is a procedural, but it shows you how important journalism is. And it shows it the women. What I liked about this is that they are working mothers oh. and they have daughters. And so it infers that they're making the world safer for their daughters. Good. Love but it's that. so well done. Maria Schrader directed it. Emmy and, Award winner. And uh, the performances are everything about it is just. They got everything right, I think. So I gave it an A, of course. Well, no. what else would you going to give it? Yeah. Plus, it just, it just, it's, it's like anybody. But I think it's not just speaks to the journalism community, but it also speaks to women in general, and also shows men what what it was actually like, and uh, it's just oh. It's it's just it's two hours and nine minutes, and I didn't think it sagged for a minute. You wanted more, and Nicholas Bertel did the score, so you know it's it's good. So anyway, yeah, that's a good. And then I did see women talking at the film festival, and yeah, I'm but gonna that's not coming out yet. Yeah, that's gonna be um, in December, so we'll talk about that. But it's gonna wind up being a really good year for strong women roles the Good. uh movie that i am not taking a shine to is heavily touted for awards it's card bardo and the it's, false chronicle of a handful of truths oh my god okay so i think <laughs> i think this is two hours and 39 minutes of self-indulgence cinema it is by two-time oscar winner Alejandro Inarritu. He won an Oscar for Birdman. 
I'm yes. not I'm not that big a fan of that movie, but uh, this employs the same kind of fantasy techniques. And I did very much like The Revenant, which he won his second Oscar for back to back. So this one is about a journalist turned documentarian who is it returns to his home place of Mexico and he's ruminating about his life. But I think what's happened in the post-pandemic years is because I think there was a lot of navel gazing. Uh-huh. And this is one of those kind of movies where uh, we're seeing an epic journey of a guy walking around. And uh, fantasy and reality blurs. So sometimes you don't know what's real and what isn't. I compared it to uh, when you eat spicy food late at night. Maybe you have a pizza and you go to bed and uh, you have weird dreams. To me, this was like a weird dream, almost three hours. The redeeming factor is it is the the visual aesthetic is fantastic and it's in uh, spanish yeah so it is it, it can be nominated for international feature apparently Inaratu has listened to many critics because it's getting mixed reviews and uh he's shaved 20 minutes off the film but i must have seen the original because I sat there for two hours and 40 minutes and I could not wait for it to end. And when it ended, I was like, what was the point of this? It's just so much hot air. It's also monotonous. Oh, I'm guessing you are part of the other half that didn't like it. Yeah, no, (laughs) no. Yeah. So that's, that's the one that I would say thumbs down on this week. And Uh, what else do we have? Um, my father's dragon. <laughs> oh yeah, have Excuse you seen me. it? Excuse me, I have not seen it. I need that's on my list. I have at least twenty movies for the weekend. Oh my god! Well, I, Disney I mean, sent me the last two episodes of Andor, and I chose to watch that. And uh-huh. and and also we went to, we went to go see. The movie the other day that we can't talk about yet oh yeah we have a lot of movies that we're um, coming up right. with like we'll be talking about and uh that one we'll talk about next week because it opens on uh november 23rd and that is making my top 10 really knives out too glass onion is making your top 10 already mm-hmm Okay. It's 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 like the first one I liked, I didn't love like a lot of people did, but this one I I just I was so bedazzled, I guess, by how perfect of a comedy and a mystery it was and how smart I it is. It's how smart and Ryan Johnson outdid himself with everything. Yes, and, stay away from Star Wars, Ryan Johnson. Keep doing these. And the uh the We acting, can't talk about it. Save it to no, next week. But I the the best thing is the name dropping. Yes. Okay. Edward Norton's really good at that. Yeah. But we can't no, talk about it. No. So save we'll it. We'll talk next about week. it next 
as uh, uh, next Wednesday. Now, moving on to theater, the Muni announced its 105th season on Monday, and you and I were there. We were, and they and... announced they announced the seven plays they're going to be there, starting with Beautiful, the Carol King musical, on June twelfth. Beauty and the Beast, June twenty second. Chess on July fifth. West Side Story, Lynn's happy about that. July fifteenth. Little Shop of Horrors, July twenty fifth. Rent on August fourth, and Sister Act to end the season on August fourteenth. And those are four premieres. We have Beautiful, which I saw on Broadway with Jesse Mueller. And mm. I've seen it twice at the Fox. And you know I love it. It's so good. And then Chess is people are uh, mixed about this because they think it's the Broadway version. But it's not. It's the, the acclaimed London production. It is their original book. Because they changed it when it got to Broadway and bombed. So a, par a lot of people do the concert version of this. This is by two the two ABBA guys. Yes. And Tim Rice. One Night in Bangkok was a top 10 hit from that show. So this should be interesting because they're partnering with the World Hall of with the World, with the Chess World chess Hall of Hall Fame. Of Fame. Because it's in St. Louis. Yes, it is. So this, the eyes of the world will be on St. Louis. And then we have Rent, which it's time. No, it's been time, but. It has been time because it's 1996. And then Sister Act is just fun and delightful. And uh, Stages did it a couple of years ago. And it's just. Uh, it's just a blast. They're going to have nuns, nuns, and lots of nuns in St. Louis. If it's one thing St. Louis likes. It's a bunch of singing nuns. Yes. Now they've The Muni's already done nonsense. Yes, which wasn't that uh, successful. However, the uh, the season tickets are going to be uh, uh, they're going to be mailing out those soon, but they're having uh, they're having gift cards available for the holiday season. And you can just get like a, if you have a rent head in your family, you can just purchase a rent gift card. But they're going to have all sorts of fun specials for Black Friday. Next so week. So marketing uh, guru Eric Pugh, who uh, we enjoy talking with a lot, he came up with a teaser campaign with Pantone colors uh, on the, the Muni Facebook page. And people were invited to guess what play they thought it was. And it was based on the color's name. And also the, uh, so it was the color, the color's name and the background. And people were guessing, and one lady got all of them right, and she was invited to the press conference on Monday. But they also um, have explained them all on their Facebook page, which I got to go check out because I was flummoxed by some of the choices. And now I can see them, but I want to see what the other ones it's, were. It was not for you, dear. No. 
but it was because you were, but, you were going to all of them anyway. Yes, but it was really fun that he came up with that. And uh, this is going to be uh, Mike's. How many years now for Mike? Many. Us. Uh, <laughs> Two thousand twelve was his first. So ten. This will be the thirteenth. Well, one year they didn't do it, so technically it's tenth, but not. Yeah, well, uh, the one, uh, the the first season he started, he, it was really 2011, right. and he basically Paul Blake was the executive uh, producer, and Mike just shadowed him, right that year, and then he took over 2012. Interesting, Paul Blake produced Beautiful on Broadway. Well. Maybe he'll so full uh, circle. Yes, full circle Good. moment. And I was at the Stages St. Louis Gala last Friday evening, and Norbert Leo Butts, local two-time uh, Tony winner and charmer, uh, was on. And uh, I just want to recommend one of his movies for Thanksgiving called Dan in Real Life. With Steve Carell, Steve Carell. Mm -hmm. Juliet Binoche, and Dane Cook. And uh, Norby plays one of the brothers. And I was telling John O'Brien from the Fox about this because he never heard of it. I go, oh, you have to watch it. It's a family. And Diane Weiss and John Mahoney are the parents. And it's really, a, did you see it, Carl? Uh, I don't. I always had it out and ready to watch it, but I heard uh, it was very... Um, family at at a holiday movie so i'm i'm not into those well it's it's more than that but it still is it's charming to see and it's based on a, a guy a columnist a newspaper again newspaper columnist real life dan in real life so gotcha. it, and he was a widow with uh, three little girls and so okay. it's, yeah, so he goes back to a small town, you know, they all go back home and learn lessons and, and all that kind of stuff, which is interesting. So, but anyway, that's that Thanksgiving movie, along with the granddaddy of planes, trains, and automobiles, my personal favorite. What's your favorite ho ho um, Thanksgiving movie? Um, it's, it's planes, trains, and automobiles or uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Which is now available streaming. Yes. On, on Apple. Is it, is it on Apple? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apple. Because I was watching Selena Gomez's documentary. I didn't review it this week because I'm not finished. Okay. So, but it's my mind and me. Very powerful right. about mental health. It's really uh, well done so far. And uh, so anyway, I was at the Stages Gala and they had an auction. And what'd you get? And um. I uh, did not, but one of the <laughs> things that people bid on was a walk-on role for Clue, which is oh, their wow. second musical, because they're doing Aida and they're doing Million Clue. Dollar Quartet. Right. And the mid-show is Clue, which is a new version of the music, uh, uh, a musical version of, of the movie. Yes. And uh, they auctioned uh, a walk-on, and this one family wanted more. So they they uh, three members of one family bid six thousand dollars each 
so they could all get on. To be on stage for Clue. Do you know what family it was? No, I don't, because I was not sitting in the main I was in the balcony because ah. I was not one of the <laughs> bidders. You were not part of the fundraiser, right? No, no, I was a trusted media partner. Oh, nice. Yes. So I got to talk to Jack and I got to talk to John at the uh, Fox and I I didn't get a chance to talk to uh, Norby, but how cool is that? He is making a movie in Georgia and he wouldn't tell us his the title. And he also has albums and he also loves Springsteen and played Atlantic City and another Springsteen song. So how about that? Nice. Who knew any and members of his family there? So, so Carl, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, this weekend I have hockey two days and then I'm going to get my kid for a break. That's it. Well, before I ramp up the holiday season with a zillion theater productions in town, there are six the first week of December. Ouch. And uh, before I ramp up, I have one, a musical called Ordinary Days that's playing at the Tesseract Theater on Sunday. And uh, the rest of the weekend is is holiday prep and watching all our awards bait movies that we've been yep. sent. They, they're, they're coming. I'm getting a big package tomorrow, I hear. So we're going to have fun talking with everything. So next week, we're doing early. And our friend Dia Hoover is going to talk about her book, Hannibal, which is a perfect uh, gift for the holidays. And in December, we are going to have the Santa on the touring show, Elf. Call me an elf again. I know him. I know him. (laughs) All right, Lynn, where can we find you on the socials? I'm on all the socials. I'm on poplifestl.com, my website. I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times, where I frequently disagree with Kent Tenchert. And uh, I am on KTRS, St. Louis in the New, on Thursday nights with Ray Hartman after the 10 p.m. news. Miller Furniture presents Lynn Van House Goes to the Movies. And I've been doing four or five movies a week. Wow. You can find me at underscore Carl the Intern on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on 97.1 FM Talk seven days a week and on KMOX two days a week. And I'm everywhere. If you don't, if you can't find me anywhere, you're not looking hard enough. I was going to say you are everywhere, Carl. I'm everywhere. All right, Lynn, have a good week and we'll talk next week. You too. Are you going to Stranger World, Strange World tomorrow? I am going to do that. Yes. See I'll be you there. there. Bye. Take care, everybody. Have a happy Thanksgiving and uh, stay safe.